the Back to Back Films podcast, where we cover the things you never knew you wanted to know about movies. I'm your host, Keith. This is Byron. And my phone's going off. And Jacob is not with us this week, so we're going to do some topical film talk again um, and save the Bruce Lee stuff for next week. Because Jacob's not topical at all. <laughs> oh man we get to rag on him the whole time um you know i think it'd be cool to do the bruce lee stuff with all three yeah definitely people. i'm curious so. since jacob has been on a should i say asian kick of themes on his um on his uh pitches i i, I do want to hear and what he has to say yeah. and think about Bruce Lee because our pitches will be I think what we settled on is they have to feature Bruce Lee alright we're back Uh, so I don't remember where we left off we're going to do some topical film stuff um, and let's kick it off with this Coen Brothers Netflix series The Ballad of Buster Scruggs is now a movie so this was a Netflix this was going to be a Netflix produced series I think they had it slated for like six episodes um and now it's going to become a netflix movie so um an anthology movie so that's a, an interesting little take a little oh, twist uh-huh. on what they're doing so so, so it's, it's i wonder how long the movie's going to be then i don't know condensing six episodes especially netflix episodes and we don't know if they were yeah, hour yeah. i would assume they were six that's, hour long episodes that's what i would assume yeah. too unless they're going like a 25 30 minute episode thing which is possible which but would it be just a, seems the, like they yeah. always have a lot to do and a lot of, lot yeah. of plotting to do um it also is going to have a world premiere at the venice film festival later this year and it's going to get some form of cinematic release so it's eligible for the oscars which makes sense I mean, so wow, that's it's the Coen Brothers. I mean, yeah, come on. like they could, they probably had that in their contract. Like, I, I, has there been a? We've, I know we've t- uh, talked about this topic before, but has there been a Netflix m- film that's been up for an Oscar yet? I thought Okja was, or Beast was Beast. They tried to do it with Beast. I don't know if that one got a a, a wide enough theatrical release. Um, let's see. At least here in the States. Trying to open up the page right now. Because I think Beast of No Nation, I think we're kind of, I think it was kind of forgotten. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, like, I feel like it, it doesn't get. Okay. So this film, this documentary Icarus. Okay. That's right. Icarus. Okay. Academy Award winner. Yeah, that's true. So I had, they've had nominations. Okay. Uh, Mudbound. Oh, oh duh, Mudbound. Okay. Yeah. Jesus, now that um, I say it, it's like, okay. Yeah, so this is their first Oscar-winning film distributed by the company itself. Wow, so Coen Brothers and Martin Scorsese both coming out with Netflix films this year. I mean, dude, <laughs> I mean, like, it's scary to have a media giant just in general. Yeah. But, like, if you're the Coen Brothers, yeah. Netflix is your jam because, like, Netflix is like, you're the Coens. Here's yeah. fucking $60 million. Do whatever you do that's Coen Brothers. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, their creative freedom is, like, through the roof. Yeah, and, and I'm surprised that Hill Caesar actually was released by a big studio because it felt like something that Netflix or, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, someone like that would have done. It does see, Like, I was surprised that when I was watching that in theaters, I'm like, Jesus, no one's going to go see this movie. 
Like I, I was like sitting in theaters and there was like hardly anyone there. It was just like my brother, me, tough and like movie, yeah. and it was just like I don't know how this was like actually made by like I think it was Warner Brothers. Um, it wouldn't have been and, had it not been the Coens. Yeah, and that's the thing. And I'm like, shit. I don't know if they could get away with this again. <laughs> you know yeah, what I yeah. mean? Like, <laughs> I think I think, the, I think the studios know that there are people like people will go to see their even Hail Caesar. Yeah, people yeah. will go for the Coens. But I think that with what's going on, people need or the studios need like auto hits. Like, yeah, they gotta yeah. be hitting every time. Yeah. Netflix doesn't necessarily care. As long as you're continuing to subscribe on a monthly basis, yeah. so as long you know if they have Coens, then everyone's gonna be like, like the people who don't go to theaters are gonna be like Coen Brothers on Netflix, like what? Like yeah, you know, the Fargo series, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yep. the, and that's a Fargo. great series. Too. So I, I haven't really seen good, that one. Really so series. I saw the movie, but I haven't seen the uh, the series. I'd be curious to see what that one's like. Though. It's I don't I, know if they had involvement in that. They don't all. really have any involvement at all. No, um, it's uh, I forget the guy's name who created it, but it's kind of his own thing. Okay. But I, I have this weird feeling that um, big studios now, it's like no longer their Oscar time. I feel like they're now more focused on um, producing like the big blockbusters, like Marvel and yeah. stuff like that, and that Netflix and E twenty four and these smaller. I mean, Netflix isn't small anymore, but it's still not. It doesn't have any like really any Oscars under its belt, considering like you look at Warner Brothers and and stuff and, yeah. and, and Paramount and, and they have like hundreds of Oscars. You know, I, I feel like Netflix and these other companies now um, are wanting those Oscars because then it, it kind of legitimizes them. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, and I think warner brothers and stuff i think they're kind of like go for it we'll just continue making our big blockbusters because that's where the money's at plus like warner brothers doesn't have to worry like they're gonna get an oscar nod anyway right like all the major there's gonna be christopher nolan's and exactly stuff that aren't interested in going to the netflix route i mean to say that the big five studios have no pull when it comes to oscar awards i mean that's just being naive oh yeah because i mean i think i mean like you said all of the films that were nominated for Oscars, basically, besides like yeah, Mudbound, Icarus, and a couple, maybe a couple others, were all Paramount, Warner Brothers, Disney, exactly. Um, uh, exactly. Lionsgate, or what you know. I mean, it's kind of a circle jerk, right? In that yeah. regard, like yeah. we're the big guys. Haha, <laughs> look at our awesome movies. Like yeah. we're the only ones who can actually pay for a movie. You know, but so I have noticed too that there there are some European festivals like the Venice Film Festival that you mentioned that, that it would be that it's premiering at um, have been pretty open with uh, films um, done by you know Amazon and Netflix and uh, yeah, stuff. Can was the controversial right. one, and also just they can go into any festival, just sometimes they can't be in competition, right? Yeah, so it's. Yeah. You know, yeah, it could be it's going to Venice and it won't be in competition. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but and it could be at Cannes just as is like a one to get shopped, exactly. And not like actually being because you, you know, know, regardless of where it goes, everyone's going to be like, "Oh, Coen Brothers got a name." Yes, like, Coen Brothers. I mean, it's just so some like, of the most influential, like the two really that one of the most influential directors of our time. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. Yeah, they changed the game yeah. when it comes to films, um, and there's no doubt. And, and they haven't lost their shit. You at know, all like <laughs> no, no so i mean yeah this is this doesn't what comes more as a surprise is that they broke it from a series yeah, to a film is... because i would be curious to see them extend yeah. the plot that far 
Um, and Netflix usually yeah. likes that series because it keeps people hooked in longer. I wonder what their longest movie was. I'm thinking it would something. Maybe, it can't be really more than two hours. I can't imagine. I think The Big Lebowski might be one of their longest ones, maybe. The IMDb has a list. Coen Brothers films by length. Uh, uh, so the shortest one was Raising Arizona. Okay. The longest one was No Country for Old Men. Oh, okay. Clocking in at 122 minutes. Oh, so just right, just a little over two hours. Yeah, okay. Big Lebowski is just under that. Okay. And then Barton Fink. So they've, they've stayed pretty consistent. Actually. Yeah. They're, that's the thing about them, too, is that their movies are just like yeah their pacing yeah. is so spot on yeah and their, they're, their they're writing not, is so yeah. slick it's just like you're just like hour and a half you're just on oh. for the ride yeah yeah and they're not super fast-paced movies but like the like a 90 minute coen brothers film will feel more kind of like a two hours but it's not like a grueling two hours it's like a right. fun like yeah. you know it's just their pacing is correct yeah i think yeah it's, it's yeah. not that it's, <laughs> it's enjoyable it's just like what it, it what yeah. is needs to be and yeah. like their writing is so slick that the pacing just, just makes yeah. it... I mean, it could be a slow burn, and it's still going to be a better slow burn than a lot of other ones, you know? It, yeah, so. but like you said, I think it would have been really cool to see a six-hour thing. I mm. mean, if it's if it's anthology if it's an anthology series, then you could watch, you know, one episode and, you know, day later, you know, watch another exactly, episode. Yeah. But still, it would be cool to, to just have that amount to just sit there and kind of take it all in Mm -hmm. you know if you wanted to in one binge (laughs) and plus this is a western anthology so you know if it's a western yeah i'm intrigued by that i'm really intrigued by that if it's not episodic then it means it's probably going to clock in at like two and a half hours yeah it's anthology i mean there's a lot going on there you know yeah so it's it'll be interesting to see and it's interesting that netflix produced one so netflix is really they're playing their cards wisely. Yeah. Pull, you know, <laughs> Nolan is a studio guy, so they're like, well, let's not bat for Nolan. Let's yeah. bat for the Coens who haven't put out a movie since Hail Caesar. Yeah. And who always have something unique, you know, to, to bring to the table. So keep your eyes out for that. It's called The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. You know, you're probably going to see your normal Coen Brothers cast. Francis McDormand probably be in there. Um, Tilda Swinton. The dude, Tilda Swinton. The guy from, in Old Brother Where Art Thou, he's, he's the, oh, uh, kind of the third guy. Uh, uh, I can never remember his name and I always see him. In stuff. James he, Franco uses him a lot too. He um, was in um, the Nelson. Uh, he was in the Tim, uh, Tim Blake Nelson. I think that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. Cause he was in um, the um, Errol Morris documentary too. Yeah. That's Tim Blake Nelson. Yeah. 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 And Tim James, Blake Nelson. Yeah. And Jim, J- James Franco likes to use him in all of his films too. So he will probably pop up. He's kind of been fairly consistent. George yeah. Clooney. George Clooney. John Turturro. John Turturro, yeah. Maybe Steve Buscemi. That'd be cool. Yeah, dude, uh, that'd be cool. It'd be cool to get maybe Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin's been in quite a few of their stuff. Yeah, so it was, what, Ballad, uh, Buster, um, Scruggs. So. They have a lot of repeat um, actors, which is really pretty cool because I mean, it, it works, sense. you know? Oh, he's definitely in it. That's uh, a picture cool. of him right there, <laughs> holding funny. a wanted Buster Scruggs sign. So, yeah, he's right definitely on. in it. But yeah, no, that's and it's just like Tarantino now. Like Tarantino hit it off yeah. with fucking DiCaprio. Now DiCaprio's yeah. and everything. You know, yeah. he's he's got his his stuff, and you know, it's unfortunate that there was kind of this 
divide between him and Uma Thurman because yeah. of Kill Bill. Well, which, I guess they're. I mean, I guess they're friends, though. I'm sure. Still I'm now. sure. I'm sure. But that that's pretty. There hard was. To, there, it was kind of. There, it, there was, it was rocky there. for a bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah there was yeah. trust there that was broken, right? Yeah. So like, but he's kind of got his like, you know, Samuel Jackson is gonna be in yeah, his yeah. movie. You know, Tim Roth has a yeah. very good chance of being in his movie. You know, like I think Tim Roth is in the new film. Once that doesn't surprise me at all. Um, he's good. He's good though. He's I, don't, like, I don't. Yeah, it's funny because I thought Samuel L. Jackson was going to be in it, and I don't think he is. I don't think he is in this one. He will pop. He up. He will probably pop up. It's like a voiceover, exactly. Or just like kind of because he's in. Bastards. He's pretty much in every he's been film in every besides Reservoir one. Dogs. I think. Yeah. Um, Since Pulp Fiction, he's yeah. appeared in some form or another, yeah. and even because they gave him that voiceover cameo in Glorious Bastards. Yeah. Um, that which was so he'll awesome. pop up in a small little as uh, as the, the piano player and um, Kill Bill. Bill. Which was dope. Which is, you know, Rufus, I think was his name. Theorized that it's actually Jules on yeah, his like yeah, pilgrimage yeah. through. That's yeah. true. Speaking That's of fun. Tarantino, it was one of the ones of the things I was going to bring up. Um, there's new onset uh, photos and footage that I saw that they didn't show any characters, but they showed the settings. I think the, well, At least the, the article. The, there's some that came out last night. Um, oh. I actually had a, a girl that I went to high school with. She posted on Instagram some footage that she shot herself on on her cell phone that she oh, posted shit. on Instagram with Quentin Tarantino with DiCaprio and Brad Pitt. Nice. Um, so there's some really cool footage and you see Robert Richardson, the the awesome director of photography, um, sitting in his chair with the camera on this rig and they're so doing cool, car dude. stuff. And and you see Brad Pitt driving this awesome fucking so cool. car. And he's driving it. He doesn't have a stunt guy or anything and he's weaving in and out of these cars on this old you know, on this main Hollywood street and he's got huge, uh, lights in front of him, like blocking his, his way. I don't know how it was, it was impressive. I was like, damn man, he's his own stunt driver here. That's in this so cool. Little thing. But there's, there's some really cool, um, onset footage, uh, or location footage, I guess, um, that was released last night. Um, that's pretty cool to check out if people are into seeing some Tarantino behind the scenes mm-hmm. of his new next film. It looks it, cool, dude. It looks cool. I, I'm sure it's very minor parts of the film because they had a whole bunch of onlookers and they had all these people there that were saying no flashes, no flashes. So I don't, I think they would like have it more shut down if it was like a super integral part of the of the they film. They like to keep most things under wraps, right, right? right? So like this is one of those like we need some extras, so yeah. feel free to come. But I think also too is it's also generating noise, you know, because you're 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 talking about a film with honestly like this is such a big pairing, Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio, like as the two as, mains, as the two mains. And, and then Margot you have Roby as yeah, you know, as like Sharon Tate. You have Al Pacino huge. in this. You have like these huge names, um, fucking uh, Burt Reynolds. So the cast is huge, but just the fact, just the fact that you have DiCaprio and Brad Pitt playing buddies as the two main roles is so huge. So having a whole shoot, film shoot in a very public location, uh, is good for. <laughs> for you know oh, yeah. uh for publicity um so i i'm sure that was kind of all you know, mm-hmm. planned so wikipedia calls it a mystery crime film which if you've been listening to this podcast at all you know mystery is my jam yeah i really have been into crime a lot recently so that'll be a nice little pairing and supposedly 
this is now Wikipedia budgeting. It's about a hundred million, which, which is high I think for this him. is highest one because uh, Django was like eighty. Django was a, his his right? highest, I think. I mean, that was back. eighty. I I doubt that. I think that, that was a hundred. Oh, okay, supposedly. but that was probably including um, quote including. Um, uh, I don't think these publicity include, and shit, No, right? I don't think oh, these it's include not. marketing. Okay. For some reason, I thought it was 80. Dakota and then in- Fanning's in it? <laughs> yeah, dude. There's like all. There's like so many people in this thing. So, according, so it says Margot Robbie, Dakota Fanning, James Marsden. James Marsden? Why do I know that name? Uh, he's... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. He was Cyclops in X-Men. Okay, in X-Men yeah, yeah. Films. Um, he's, he's a really good actor, actually. He's- yeah, he is. Timothy <laughs> Oliphant, dig him. Uh, Emil Hirsch, he was. Uh, what do I know him from? Oh, he's in a lot. He's in uh, Oliver Stone's the Girl uh, Savages, Girl yeah. Next Door, Speed Racer, um, uh, William Friedkin's uh, Killer Joe. Okay, okay. Uh, Damian Lewis, Clinton Collins, Burt Reynolds, opportunity. Yeah, so this is an insane cast, and then obviously the the great yeah. Robert Richardson to kind of round it all out. Dude, I mean, I'm so stoked to see what is. he does with a 1960s. Um, uh, time period to light you know i know um because i've seen him now light shit for oliver stone but his style has changed it's morphed you know in recent years um so it's kind of cool to see him work in like world war ii setting with english inglorious Mm -hmm. bastards and then the westerns with hateful eight and Django, which both of those are completely different really i mean you could still tell they're robert richardson but they still look quite a bit different there's no editor yet for this oh interesting i don't see an editor yet. so he, he must not be editing as he's shooting there's um, no way they would let that happen that's way too much yeah that's there's interesting. an editorial department but okay I don't see an editor but, i wonder if um who did uh, i wonder if uh, fred rad fred yeah. Rad, radkin or it was something the dude like who jumped in on Django and it's kind of been his guy yeah since, fred, uh, Sally oh, God, what's passed his name? Away. fred something Fred, yeah, it's, it's like, like Fred Raskin, Raskin, or, or, Raskin something. or something like that. Come on, computer. Um, uh, I, I, and I know Tarantino's always, you know, he's in the booth with the guy, or and he was with, you know, with Sally Menke too. Um, and he, and then he also, but he Tarantino also edited just himself, I believe, uh, Death Proof, I think. Yeah, Death Proof was a weird one though. Yeah. So it's kind of like. Um, so I'm looking up Hateful Eight editor, yeah, Fred Raskin. Raskin, okay. Yeah. Um, Who also did Django. Because Sally yeah. Mank did Inglorious, right? I think. Yeah, that was his her, her last, last one. one. Yeah. And you can tell. You oh, can tell so the difference. It's so different. But that's um, why I like Django. Django is like, again, I, I said this before, it's like my favorite Tarantino, followed closely by the Kill Bills, but that one in particular just. There's <laughs> a crazy combo of people, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's check this one out. I don't know what you're in. Have you, are you interested in Judge Dredd? Have you seen that movie? I yeah. haven't seen Judge Dredd, but I know you oh, and dude. Jacob so both good. have been telling me about it, like the sl- the slow motion parts mm-hmm. and stuff. It does sound my like right up my it's alley. Really good. So quick news here: Judge Dredd uh, colon Mega City One. The show is moving forward with the original with the the comic. So Judge oh. Dredd has always been a comic. So the writer of the comic. His writing the series, um, and I guess they have. Let's see. Yeah, he's in charge of the pilot scripts. So he's been seeing. He's been overseeing the creative development for the series and mapping out the first two years of narrative. Um, and I believe has fully written the pilot. Yeah, completed the pilot. 
Um, so if you're a fan, and uh, what's his name, who played Dread, Carl uh, Urban, <laughs> super good, super underrated actor, and super good as Dread. Um, it's very hard to emote with just your mouth. <laughs> yeah, and he's and he has basically said that if any time of Dread, any Dread, anything would happen, he would be the first one in line, See. and has been trying to get Dread yeah. two going, uh, but for whatever reason, it's just had trouble so i wonder if he's gonna show up as dread again because i think i think he would and you said it's a show yeah it's gonna be a show oh, wow. do you know if anybody's like if if it's like netflix or if it's stars uh, or if it's a uh, series AMC producer brian jenkins so brian jenkins um, who does he work with cartoon network no <laughs> <laughs> um it's only showing up as fucking dread okay because he's only done like a couple of things huh um uh, weird yeah i don't know it doesn't say who yet oh yeah no details of when and where the show might air but it is apparently being pushed forward with some money so you know we'll see it's hard <laughs> it's tough it's weirdly it's one of those things where like you shoot a pilot that's what happens though i mean really it's you shoot a pilot for a show with the hopes that it gets picked up. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of pilots that people have spent a ton of money on that just go to die because they just I've, didn't get picked up. You I know? feel like Judge Dredd has a kind of a cult following that I feel like it 100%. would probably be a pretty you know successful 100%. Uh, show. Um, yeah, I think it'll be a great show. And it's they're saying that him, the titular Dredd himself, is not the main focus. Oh, He'll be cool. part of an ensemble story. Because there's lots of other judges, right? They're like a police force. Oh. He's just kind of like this main one. Uh, yeah, which started with... Uh, Stallone was the first one. Oh, and the original wow. one. Yeah, and it's the original one's cheesy as hell. It's funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it'll be interesting. It'd be cool if they pulled in Stallone for like this cameo. Yeah, yeah. Then, um, As like an aging dress. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, it's really cool. It's like, you know, futuristic city. Oh, sci-fi, sweet. so... Yeah, and, I, I really want to see it. I, want, I like those kind of dystopian, futuristic kind of, you know... Even, like, RoboCop. I, I do enjoy those movies, so... I'm surpri- I actually... I'm surprised at myself that I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> oh, man. It's pretty short. It's, like, one of those really quick action... So yeah, I like should, just, I should, just, I should just watch just it one of these days and just do it. And it's, like, one... It's one setting in the sense of, like, he gets locked in the building, and then oh, it's a okay. battle to the top of the oh, building. Oh, cool. Kind of like um, The Raid. Yeah, sweet, exactly, sweet. and it's just it's just wall to wall action, man. It's fucking sweet. sick. Shit, I like the raid and the raid too. So, yeah, <laughs> I like those are both great movies. Yeah. So if you haven't seen those, watch those. <laughs> All right, this is one I know you want to talk about: Joaquin Phoenix to play the Joker. Yeah. So it's been confirmed that he will be the Joker, uh, with a Scorsese produced film. Ben Affleck, Ben Affleck, likely not returning. Um. And when I was looking this up, there was there's a uh, who the hell's in talks to be in the movie with him. Um, there's a new actor that just came out that was like in talk. Robert De Niro in talks to join him in this film. Oh, yeah. I wonder. That's a trip. That's a trip. I wonder who he'd be. I don't if know. If he'd be like an old. What if he was like an old Batman? And like oh, that'd be interesting. And like and like Joaquin Phoenix was like a Joker that could like fucking win. <laughs> That'd be kind of a trip. like an alternate thing where like fucking the joker actually 
kills Batman. That'd be cool. <laughs> that would be well. The Killing Joke. He doesn't kill Batman, but it's kind of got this weird ending where Batman doesn't really win. Yeah. So I don't know. It could be. I would like to see that. I. I. Um, I it, that'd be interesting. And then uh, Robert De Niro would play. So Walter Hamada, who helped produce the Conjuring series, Lights Out, and It, has helped has come in as producer for this. Um, and who was directing it? Do you remember who? Uh, was? Todd Phillips, Todd so Phillips, the director right. yeah, of yeah. the Hangover movies. And exactly. So it's kind of this weird. Like, I wonder what the tone will actually be like. No, I think I have faith in Walking Phoenix's decisions on what projects he does totally totally. so i feel like it's probably going to be a pretty cool attempt at least i think the tone will be interesting they're bringing in a lot of different people they're bringing in some horror producers yeah comedy director yeah you know fucking chameleon of joaquin phoenix who can play whatever because he's kind of method in a way and i he probably won't be doing stuff like leto but see leto is kind of like a little bit of kind of like a, I don't know if sellout's the right word, but he... He's a different guy. Yeah. In a way, though, he's kind of like Hollywood, like... He's different than Walking Phoenix, where, like, Walking Phoenix has, like... Jared Leto's good, and he's got an Oscar, but... He's not Walking Phoenix. He's not Walking Phoenix. Where Walking Phoenix, I mean, he... No one can't... No one can say he's not a good actor. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like exactly, exactly. he's done such a range, and they're all so fucking good. It's like you just can't fuck with them. Um, well, I like what they're doing here too. Is that apparently there's still another Joker Joker movie being worked on with Leto as the Joker? So there's these two weird like concurrent movies, and I think what's happening here, and this is why they brought in this guy Walter Hamada because. Obviously, DC has been stagnating. <laughs> yeah. And so they're only going to be releasing Aquaman and then eventually Wonder Woman and Shazam, which Aquaman is directed by James Wan. Aquaman, honestly, this is... I never thought I would say this. I'll, I'll, I'll go see that. It looks interesting to me. I mean, the, like, fo- the poster looked terrible, but... The poster was weird, but the trailer looks good. And, okay... Okay, Amber Heard is in it, and she looks super hot in the movie. So <laughs> I want to have to see it at least for that. But also, just visually, it looks really cool because it looks kind of like a James Wan film, but also it takes some of the stylistic stuff that Zack Snyder did. But it doesn't. The movie actually doesn't feel like a Zack Snyder film. film. Which I hope. I mean, that's the thing. I think that's the thing that's holding DC back. Yeah, they're putting too much stock in Snyder, and I don't have anything against him. Me neither. I like Watchmen. Yeah, um, yeah. but. They need a they need a big shakeup, and but, and I think Wonder Woman, it had a bit of Zack Snyder in it, but it wasn't all Zack Snyder. I mean, this they have the um, same crews, right? They have the same. I'm sure there's a lot of the same behind the scenes people. So like the films are gonna be this sort of like DC's got they're a look related, they go yeah, for, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So like Snyder helped define the look, and people kind of keep that in mind when they're yeah. filming and coloring and editing and stuff like that and i i got the sense that wonder woman had some snyderism yeah because he, I mean, he produced it, but, it. yeah um, so i mean so, but, but then you look at justice league and you're just like how like i i, it, I don't know I, I don't know it's just like it's tough it's just so it's it was so bad compared to wonder woman it's just like really but right. i don't know i have 
I, what I like about Aquaman is it looks completely different than anything we've seen from the DC universe. It's all like a lot of it looks like it's under the water and the you know yeah. And so, so it just looks it looks kind of cool. If anything, it just looks like a cool fantasy film too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but as it looks like it has a pretty cool cast and I don't know James Wan. I mean, I kinda, I'm kind of a sucker for a lot of his movies, you know, because he he's he did some of the fast or the he did fast, fast. Furious Seven and he did Conjuring's. Yeah, both Conjuring's and then Insidious, the original Insidious. So he's good. He's he's, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, and he's I not think, like some hack director that they're destroying it. And to, the big you know? thing too is that he became a big time horror director through Blumhouse, and then is making the like a lot of horror directors yeah. don't can't make the jump. Yeah, yeah. You know? and he's <laughs> yeah. been able to make the jump back and forth. You know, a lot of times you get pigeonholed super hard yeah. in horror specifically. So, and I just like I like what they're doing. I like this concept of doing concurrent movies. Mm-hmm. It's not something that really gets done because they're obviously going to be compared to each other, so yeah. it's, it'll be tough. But I, I like, like this those idea. Standalone movies, though, you know, the standalones are kind of cool, um, and you know, there's it's they're kind of playing with some stuff. I think what's smart to me and what they could do, especially with concurrent movies like this, is that you start playing around with the universe and like because Marvel's done this and DC's done this, I'm sure too, where. In their comics, you know, you'll have these various uh, offshoot universes of the same characters. Yeah. I mean, you do it with your animated stuff. Yeah. You know? So, like, why not? DC should be doing, like, we're having a multiverse. There's yeah. multiple yeah. universes. You know, this Joker exists, this Joker exists. Yeah. And they all kind of collide and mash and, like, just... Dude, you can't follow the fucking... You're too late on the Marvel train, so you gotta yeah. make your own. Yeah. So just... I mean... You know, DC has that. already done stuff with animated stuff because there's that what that the animated Batman, right? Uh, what's it was called, Ninja Batman? Yeah, or they're doing the which is Japanese like, one. That looks fucking awesome. Um, so you have something like that, then you have just the regular like Arkham mm-hmm. one that come out. So there's definitely like things that they've branched out on that. Why can't they do that with? live action that's what i'm saying you know? you got, like they gotta just do something uh, else they gotta shake it up and there's no reason to not just yeah because they're, shit and honestly there, they're gonna get a, okay if if they do make another leto joker film i i actually really enjoyed leto as the joker i actually liked him as cool kind of this it, yeah. like kind of gangster modern take on it and i loved margot robbie as uh harley quinn so to have like a movie uh, maybe just them yeah would be fantastic but then having a movie of Joaquin Phoenix, I mean, fuck, he's my second favorite actor of all time. Like, I have, I would love to see him as a Joker. As a Joker, uh, Mass Mikkelsen. Oh yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, yeah. But but yeah, you no, know, I it's think, just like. But then and then yeah, and then write a story, write a narrative where they both can coexist. Yeah, and maybe they clash. Why not? I don't know. Yeah. Like, just fucking do weird yeah, shit. Yeah. Like, who cares, dude? At this point, you have nothing to lose. Yeah, as DC, long as it's smart and, and it's not like just like dumb. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, I mean, DC really is in the best position because they can't. It's hard to go lower than where they've already sunk to. Yeah. So why not just start experimenting and fucking just? And the thing is, the Joker is such a beloved character, not only for just DC fans, but just I mean, he's 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 part of like culture. You know, mm-hmm. like um that exactly. that they're going to get money it's not like it's gonna bomb i mean if you have margot robbie and leto starring in a movie it's it's almost guaranteed and you could to, do that to, for pretty cheap because you could do like a 60 million 50 million maybe even a 40, 40 million yeah. um film with that 
you know, 90 minutes, 95 minutes. Just make it quick, you know? dude. Yeah. And just make it wall-to-wall fucking yeah. action. And exactly. Just yeah. Like, yeah. There's so much they could yeah. do, and they're so afraid because they think, if we're not in the Marvel... It, but no one wants you to be in the no. Marvel playground. Yeah. Yeah. They don't. People want to see DC... Like, if you're going to be successful in DC, like, fucking, you got to yeah. just... Hire me as a producer. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's the same with the Walking Phoenix one. Is like, I guarantee you, it's not. It's probably not going to be any longer than two hours. No, um, I couldn't imagine. And that. I mean, it'd be great if it was, if as long as it's good. Um, yeah. But uh, if it's like you know, two hour film and forty, sixty million dollar. What did you say it was going to be? Had sixty million dollar budget? Oh, I didn't Something say like anything that? in budget. No, um, there's. I don't think there's talks of a budget. But so, yeah, I mean, that, I would imagine it could probably be somewhere in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's he's so kind of had this comeback. So it's gonna have if you if I mean, they're gonna get other actors in there. So it's Walking Phoenix. If De Niro does it, it's gonna get some money. You know, pull in a couple Todd women in there. In money, you know, yeah. like I don't know, uh, Alicia Vikander or or uh, 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 the lady that was in Twenty Forty Nine. What was her name? Alma. Uh, Oh, I don't know. Uh, 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 oh, 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 Joy, Joy. Uh, um, why am I spacing? Anna Armas? Uh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. she was in War Dogs, so oh, they, she? He, she, they might work again together. So she might be in there, and that'll bring in some, you know, interest. Who knows? Who For knows? Sure. We'll get, I guess we'll see. <laughs> Apparently, there's a movie called Birds of Prey, which centers on Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn, uh, which still gonna, remains a priority. Um, Kathy Yan being the attached to direct oh god that uh kathy yan she's a chinese american director known for last night downriver according to my mother dead pigs bird huh. prey uh she's a sundance sundance okay. kid oh cool or i guess is what you'd call it well that'd um, be an interesting spin on it too you yeah. know have someone from uh in, in the independent kind of side of things yeah and yeah and that's cool yeah. i mean fuck like, why can't we see more, like, Asian characters in these DC movies, know, you know? Because right? we don't see that much in Marvel. I mean, like, what, like... Because they got their black people in, so now we're all good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Much. So, mean... like, it could be, you know, this could be a whole other thing um, yeah. that they could... There's so many, op- like, possibilities that, D- that DC could do, I you know? know? Um, um, there's also Batgirl... Which is still in the talks, but lost Joss Whedon as part of it. Um, and then the Bumblebee, which I think is coming out fairly soon. Oh, yeah, with uh, uh, Senna? Is, is that John Senna? I'm not sure. Uh, Christina Hodson, who uh, wrote Bumblebee, is writing Batgirl. Oh. And then there's the Matt Reeves Batman movie, which is still up in the air. Um, so he's the guy who did the Planet of the Apes reboots. Um, that's that's a lot of Batman. <laughs> yeah, uh, Batman's pretty much their cash cow, dude. Yeah. Nolan made it their cash cow, so we'll see. Um, That'd be weird if there was know. like three Batman movies that all came out in the span of like you know two years, I all know, with different Batmans. It'd be weird. But see, this is what I'm saying. You could but do it, this like universe like mashup, right? Yeah. Like you're gonna if you're gonna rehash the same shit because marvel's doing that with spider-man with the black spider-man right yeah forget the name of that one they're doing like a multiverse thing with like their animated stuff like that's what they're yeah do that but on a larger scale you know i don't know hire me what do we know what do we know (laughs) (laughs) hire me dc um all right uh let's move on to this one because i just saw this today um i wonder dragon ball z movie 
It's coming out. I don't know if you're a Dragon Ball Z guy or I, not. I was into Dragon Ball Z okay. um, growing up. It looks cool. There's a trailer uh, for it. It's called Dragon Ball Super Broly. So Broly is the main antagonist. It, it doesn't look dumb and cheesy. No, it looks like classic fucking... The creator of the series is the one who wrote it. Is um, live action or animated? No, no, it's animated. Oh, it's animated. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. So cool. it's straight up just classic fucking Dragon Ball Z, man. Sweet. Just like, and it's in the movie form, and it looks pretty... It looks like... Shit. what i want i just want to see dudes yeah each yeah other yeah anime, like, Shit. you know uh so that, i thought that was pretty cool apparently it's had some struggles so it's nice to see that this franchise is kind of coming back um and yeah this trailer looks cool the voices i'm usually concerned about voices yeah the voices are all good oh, sweet i'm gonna have to um, check that out after so this. yeah and it's kind of bringing back a lot of the classic characters so yeah, that'll be dope. Uh, Dragon Ball Super Broly. I didn't have too much to say. I just wanted to bring that bring up in case up anyone is into that. Um, this one's fairly relevant because so next week we're gonna be doing Bruce Lee. Um, like I said, we just I feel like it's better to do three people. Yeah. Uh, Jacob got super busy, so fair enough. Um, we're gonna do Enter the Dragon. And we're gonna do Big Boss. And speaking of Enter the Dragon, there is always been talks uh, of remakes of it. And this individual, David Lich, 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 oh, I know that name. The too. guy who's now directing Deadpool two oh, since okay. uh, what's yeah. his name stepped out, um, uh, Tim Miller. Uh, I wish I knew how to say his name, David Lich. I'm just gonna go with Lich. Um, Lich, yeah, that sounds. He's good. known for Midnight Meat Train, Ninja Assassin. He did the reboot of Conan. Which um, actually, that wasn't that bad. I hadn't seen that one. He did the Wolverine. Okay. So if you're into that, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He did Hitman, Agent 47. I think that was the Timothy. That was all right. Wait, well, Hitman, Hitman was Timothy. Oh, this is second unit the... director. I'm way off base. Sorry. Yeah, because he didn't Hold do on. he didn't direct Wolverine, but yeah. Whoops, that was wrong. The second that was wrong. That would make sense. Okay, he was second unit director. My bad. So let me recorrect this. So he was his big thing that he's known for, um, Atomic Blonde, and then Deadpool two, and then Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, this is the offshoot film off of uh, Fast and Furious. Oh, with yeah. uh, uh, Statham and is it? I think it's no, Statham. Is it's it Dwayne, The Rock oh, and, Dwayne Johnson Vin and Vin D. No, no, because they they they're not going to work together. Luke Hobbs and again. Deckard Shaw. Who's Deckard Shaw? Uh, was that was that what's his face? Shaw. Fucking, um, Shaw. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Man. <laughs> anyway, so he's and then so there's talks of him possibly doing uh, Enter the Dragon remake, and then there's also this. The division, the game, they're talking about doing an, uh, a live action feature film of that game, and he also has been in talks of that. Uh, so, yeah, um, who's I don't gonna, think it's who's a good gonna, idea. Who's going to replace Bruce Lee? Well, that's what they're saying. They're saying the hardest part is that, like, how the biggest challenge though is finding someone as charismatic and talented as Lee. I mean, really, that's that's yeah. the kicker. Like, who and. I don't know. Does it like does it need to be remade? That's the real question. No, like it doesn't. It's there's something about it being its own thing and leaving it to. Bruce it's in the Lee national like, fucking film registry or yeah, whatever. Exactly. Like it's it's its own. It doesn't need to be remade. It's not like it's a story that everyone needs to see again. In the sense of like, I don't mean to downgrade the movie because it's, it's it's a special movie it, it just it should just be its own thing. I know. Like I don't and, I don't just do another big. 
there's something that I just don't like about how they're trying to like Americanize it so hard either. Yeah, like, well, because they're just using the name, you know, much, like, yeah. And apparently, I mean, apparently, I think Enter the Dragon was directed by a white guy. Yeah, because it so, was all because it was this, produced Hollywood by production. Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. So fair enough, but I I'm not saying I just but I don't he, think I like the Americanization of it as much. Whereas like yeah, give it yeah, it's not gonna retain that that special. It's just a weird movie. It's not weird. It's just different. It's yeah. it is unique. Yeah, it is a very. <laughs> yeah. It's when you think of martial arts, this is the film you think about. You know, yeah, it's is one of the, the cheesy ones. kind of overdub, the weird sounds and sound <laughs> effects, and like the kind of cheesy fighting and just. It's just yeah, and this guy I I've heard good things about Atomic Blonde. I'd like Atomic to see Blonde it. is really good, yeah. But I don't. Where does this guy come in as someone who is even close to qualified to touching this movie? Like, you know, you have big, very, very experienced older directors not even touching this. You know, like, you know, Spike Lee and Brett Ratner have kind of touched on it a little bit to see what could work, and you know, they can't even figure yeah. it out. So it's just, it's just one of those things. that's like. Why? Why bother? We also have know? to have like a. Well, I guess the guy who did Atomic Blonde, he also co-directed with um, the guy uh, who did the first John Wick, and they're all affiliated with that group that oh, does okay. all their choreography yeah. and fighting and stuff. So I guess he does have some background in like that world of at least choreography, but I don't know. Enough. Oh, he's a stuntman himself. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I don't know enough about like the diff- oh, the different. Oh, he did co-direct John Wick. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That gives for me it gives a little more credence. Right. But at the same, maybe he's a martial artist. Maybe I don't know. He probably is, but that's the thing is I don't know enough about martial arts to really understand like what Bruce Lee was into. What Bruce style Lee was, he um, was, or styles? He developed uh, his own. Yeah, he was. He was lived. The, he lived the lifestyle. Yeah. He was, and that's what's so interesting about him because then he was like turned actor, but still like, you know, developing his yeah. martial arts. But apparently, this individual David Lich, Lich, what the fuck ever, is stunt <laughs> double for Brad Pitt and for John Claude Van Damme. So maybe he maybe he knows more about martial arts than i think you know he just kind of seems like he kind of came out of nowhere in terms but apparently not apparently he's been heavily involved in things so maybe he's a good one for it i don't know i kind of wish they would pull in a chinese director yeah i mean i still think it's yeah i'd like to see something just you know wholly original something that will blow everyone's minds like this crazy kung fu uh film done in china that's just like insane you yeah. know what i mean i mean the last one that i can think of was done by the rizza <laughs> oh really? you know what i mean uh what was the name of that one with uh, russell Rus- russell crowe was in it and it was just like i mean it was like kind of corny and it had its moments and stuff but it's like no i want to like i want to have like the man I with the see, iron fist yeah yeah and then they, they, <laughs> then they awesome. did the, like a second one um russell crowe and tarantino like put his name on it as a producer to help it get him and eli roth out there yeah. yeah um but like why can't we just get this the like, good cool awesome that would be cool though dude be uh, bringing in the block director too because the thing about that's really interesting about enter the dragon is that it was combined true. 
black exploitation elements of black exploitation yeah. with martial arts it was kind of this weird transcendent film which yeah. is why it's and there's, so there's a history there yeah. there's a lot of those um uh films that have like african american actors that w they took from hollywood to japan or china mm -hmm. and you know did these films so game of death had kareem abdul jabbar in it so <laughs> you know it's cool i like the crossover i yeah. think i think there's a very for some reason black exploitation and martial arts just seem to like oh it does fit. yeah yeah yeah. and there was just kind of like dope vibe that yeah and Enzo it's fitting with had, it's fitting like, with rizza because you know wu-tang clan is yeah. it's hip-hop but it's mixing eastern culture mm -hmm. and everything to it and he does a good job it's a it's a it's an entertaining movie um but it's not like what you could call like into the dragon you know what i mean exactly. like but it's, it's, it's just it's, its own thing it's its own thing yeah. um this but it made money apparently so. it would be cool to just yeah because they made a second one i don't i don't think the resident directed it though i think he he stars in it though oh, he, okay. he didn't direct the second one yeah so i don't see why they need to touch it especially with I don't know. It's tough. Yeah, I, would I don't say know. Try and keep it as just grounded in the culture as I could. But do something original. I think I, that's just how I feel. Totally. Uh, we do this. I got one. I got two more things. We'll see if we touch on the last one. Uh, but this one's interesting. So Denis Villeneuve's Dune movie is only adapts the book's first half, which is smart. Very smart. So it'll so likely be smart. a two-parter. I when I when I saw that, I, I was a little relieved because I'm like, how are they going to combine? such that, a dense movie that book, huge dude. book yeah i mean i guess it's not huge but it's so dense like you said it's like 400 it's just, something pages yeah i mean i remember starting that book way too young and i didn't i just and it's it's one of those books that because i kind of gave up on it i've i've just it just kills me you know i, I wanna i wanna just and now i'm you know obviously i i probably i'm i think i have it on audiobook like, actually that's what i need to do is i i think I, I i might do that tonight and then start listening to it yeah. um at work yeah that's and, what i and, did because i read it and like didn't really it didn't really like stick in my head but when yeah. i went back and listened to it after having read it the first time i was like okay i get this now. sweet like this is epic like it is really it's something <laughs> special and it was i was just hooked i couldn't stop listening to it so i'm happy to see that they split it because they need to and that just means more vanuve in sci-fi so vanuve is he, he he doesn't he's not a fast-paced director he he takes his time um like the coen brothers he his pacing for me i think is like perfect um yeah, so i like don't looking at fucking blade runner right yeah. Blade runner was not i mean it had its fast moments but man did it it yeah. took a sweet time yeah which i enjoyed quite yeah a bit. that was an awesome movie um and i wish i would have seen it again in theaters but uh, yeah so it'll might it'll likely be in two parts um brian herbert who is frank herbert's son has been producing um so there's a lot of you know brian herbert wrote a lot of the subsequent yeah. novels so you know, it's nice to see those two working together. Um, and then Vea Nuve seems very... I mean, he's a guy who doesn't want to screw it up. Right? Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, he, yeah. he pulled in as much Blade Runner as he could, but still made it his own. And I yeah. think that's fair. So I'm happy to see that. Um, I mean, and like... I love... There was an interview where Denis Villeneuve is talking about, like, how... How he... When he watched David Lynch's film because he was a fan of the books and when he found out that david lynch was going to direct it he was like oh well, i really like david lynch and he has huge admiration for david lynch of course. um but he does confess that 
it wasn't very good. <laughs> I think a lot of people yeah. think that. That so, film has a very interesting production history. Yeah. Um, so it's not like I don't I don't think he's gonna borrow anything from Lynch's version. You know what I mean? Like I so hope it, that he throws in some Easter eggs or some, something. So that would be cool if there was like some Easter eggs. Yeah. For sure. if, what's Kyle? Kyle fucking, McLaughlin. If yeah. he shows up just a yeah. tiny little bit, that'd be fun. That'd be or cool. to have Lynch himself just appear. Yeah. That'd be cool. <laughs> that would be. Sweet. But I think it's I think that's a good idea, Steam. and that just means more Dune. I think Dune Dune is a very interesting. And what's interesting about Dune is that it's it's not action sci-fi no, at all yeah it's just it's sci-fi it's, fucking, it's like operatic it's gonna almost. be like it's, it's gonna be mood it's gonna be atmosphere it's gonna be beautiful it's yeah. gonna dude it's gonna be like i mean it might take the cake for me it might be blade runner i don't know it's up there he turned down doing bond so i, lo- I just love the idea yes. of of uh of dune i mean for, as far as i got into it it just it, it did completely fascinate me i just felt like i was missing out on so much that it kind of frustrated me at the time when i was reading yeah. it i mean i was in sixth grade i was like you know it was a little just a little too much for me <laughs> at the time. for sure for sure no i feel that it's it's a tough one but it is once you really start to dig into it and then it's got this like mixed kind of, of like fantasy ish element like it's a i think it suits him yeah. well coming off of blade the, runner the spice, i think the, yeah the spice and stuff mm-hmm. and like what it allows you to do becomes more fantastical than scientific and just so cool it's cool and i think i think we're gonna see something very interesting come out of that so um, I wonder who's I, shooting I, that. I hope um, Alejandro Jodorowsky gets to see it. I hope he doesn't die on us. Oh, uh, I'm I, sure. I wonder if he's already seen rough. Like, I don't know how deep they are into yeah, shooting. It would have been cool if he was brought on as like a producer or some shit. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, that would have been cool. Because Jodorowsky would have made a fantastic Dune. Like, his Dune would have been insane. I mean, I for anybody that doesn't know Alejandro Jodorowsky was going to make Dune and they they took it from him yeah. um, and there's a documentary called Jodorowsky's Dune that you guys should go see even if you're not familiar with Dune or Alejandro Jodorowsky it's just a fun entertaining movie about filmmaking mm-hmm. <laughs> god I really want to see who the hell is going to shoot this guy it wouldn't surprise me if it was Roger Deakins again dude because they have a pretty good relationship him and um yeah deacons it's like how richardson was put on this earth to shoot westerns it's yeah. like almost like deacons like i mean but this was his first science sci-fi. fiction film was blade runner 2049 which is a trip but, to me you but know? like he did it he i mean he executed it so well um but i also feel like the guy he who he the, the director of photography um for uh arrival that denny uh van Uve used um bradford young um, would also probably be a, a, a good choice. Um, he, his movies are beautiful. He shot Ain't and Body Saints. He shot A Most Violent Year. Um, oh, Most Violent Year. I mean, really they're just cool. beautiful, yeah. beautiful Selma. shot movies. Yeah. Yeah. Selma. Um, he shot Solo. Solo, which to me... Looked cool. I mean, visually. It's visually cool. definitely my favorite Star Wars film. I, and it might be my, like... I mean, it's hard to say compared to the original three, but it might be my favorite just because cool. i just love it just the mood and the nice. atmosphere and some people were complaining like did you fucking see anything in the new solo <laughs> like you're in solo it's so dark <laughs> that's funny um 
yeah you want to throw we can uh, probably do like one more yeah there, this is here. real short but one of my favorite directors working right now is an italian director called uh paulo sorrentino and um he won the oscar a couple years ago for a movie called the great beauty which also won a lot of the you know awards at the Cannes film festival one of my favorite films of all time um uh he he recently also uh 2016 2017 had a hbo miniseries called the young pope mm. um with jude law um and he's just made some some very fantastic films uh youth recently too um but his new film is coming out soon and it's in two parts so there's two two hour movies about uh i think a little less than two hours that are coming out and they look phenomenal there's some trailers and some teasers what's his and, name Sorry, uh, pa- paolo sorrentino and uh the film is called loro and uh so there's loro loro one and loro two and they look awesome everything that i like about sorrentino looks like they're in this film and it, had, it stars the the actor of um that his name is tony servillo i think um who was the actor in the great beauty and the consequence of love and um a couple other sorrentino mm-hmm. films so uh it just looks awesome um i can't wait uh he's one of my favorite directors right now um what he does with camera movement and camera work like just cam- his camera work and what he does with music is some of the best putting visual to music um nice. working today so i'm looking forward to that those two films Let's check so i was out loro yes yeah, so yeah. i was i was i was just stoked to see that i was like oh my god there's a trailer hell yeah <laughs> nice. yeah i'm gonna have to watch this trailer yeah. it looks like there's not too much is it in is it there's i think there's english th- subtitles i think okay. there's three trailers there's two one for loro one one for loro two and then like a 30 second 40 second teaser that's i think has footage of both oh, okay. and both of uh, all three of them look awesome nice yeah i'm gonna have to watch the trailers yeah. on this because i hadn't heard of this one so uh is it supposed to be like a drama it looks like i guess it's a biopic and i'm not oh, okay. i'm not um i i don't know a lot about italy but i guess he's someone that italians know um cool. uh i have to research more <laughs> on who he is but the movie just itself looks awesome Okay, it looks like he's kind of living in the drama realm, so I wonder if it's going to be. Yeah, he he does like drama, but it's like also kind of comedic. Yeah, um, I'll have to have you you watch the Great Beauty, dude. It's one of my favorite movies, man. It's so yeah, this one's so a good. art drama film. Okay, so, cool. Or a Great Beauty that's it says it's, it's called an art drama. It's film. it's beautiful. It's nice. it's it's called yeah the Great Beauty for. I have to check that one reason. out. Cool. <laughs> uh, so that's what I have in terms of what to talk about. So I, I have one more thing, but I'm going to hold on to it in case we do have another uh, topic uh, later. Cool. Okay. So next week, uh, well, so if you have any questions or opinions, send an email to BetweenFilmsPodcast at gmail.com. Go ahead and visit our Facebook page, comment, discuss um this week's any other episodes whatever you want to do if you like the show please rate it wherever you listen because it helps others find us and thanks again for any of the people who have been helping us raise uh rise up the ranks in anchor um you know applauding favoriting really helps others find us thank you to everyone who's done that um 
You can also follow us on Letterboxd at Jacob Foltz, Byron Goet, G-O-U-E-T-T-E, and Hyperion Creator for me. Um, next week, we'll be Jacob will be back. We'll be talk barring some random emergency for work <laughs> or something. Um, and we're going to be talking about Bruce Lee, kind of rounding out this Asian trilogy. Um, and with the films Enter the Dragon and the uh, Big Boss. Big Boss. The Big Boss. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, we're kind of moving away. I know we got some Corinne planned somewhere in there. Yeah. And some red series. We're going to start like a color series where we talk about color and film. Um, and I don't remember which films are planned for that. But I know Corinne's in there somewhere. So, and maybe we'll do more topical episodes. I don't yeah, know we got some good stuff coming are, up. So. And then I, yeah. It's kind of just interesting to talk in terms of like free form. You know, have a topic, yeah. but keep it a little more free form and just... And kind of have we, some opinion. Have we had our hundredth episode yet? When's that? No, this is this one right here is sixty six. So we're it's still only sixty six. Oh, yeah, we're still a ways off. But but I think somewhere in there earlier because we were planning the hundredth episode would be cool to do a top ten. But I think I moved that. Okay. Yeah. So we might have to start thinking about top ten lists. That would be cool to do. Go through sometime soon. That'd be yeah. I've been kind of itching to do that yeah. one. So. Um, but if you're following me on Letterboxd, you can kind of get a hint at what my films would likely be. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so next week is all about Bruce Lee. Um, I'd like to talk about kind of specifically what he did for Asian filmmaking and Asians in general in art and whether or not it was a kind of a good or bad thing. Um, so yeah, so uh, yeah, make sure you watch those films to be part of the discussion. Thanks Sweet. for listening. Yeah, thanks guys. No funny. No, I didn't yeah. prepare a funny outro. I know. Those. Yeah, without Jacob, it's it's different. There's no like <laughs> dumb person saying dumb shit at the end of this. <laughs> Nikki Jakey will be so disappointed in us. I know. All right. Thanks for listening. Peace. <laughs>